2: Hey kids, you like pro wrestling? We like pro wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am uh, fresh out of the hospital, Jeff Hawkins. He is the not hospitalized Chris Novembrino.
1: You have no way of knowing that.
2: Well, I think you probably would have told me.
1: <laughs> I don't need to tell you everything. No it's, it's presumptuous to assume that I need to disclose my hospitalization <laughs> status. I could be very, for all you know, right I'm now. To office, get,
2: I'm trying to get you admitted on I, I, the very. I,
1: I, I could be hospitalized during or after this show <laughs> or currently. Yeah. Prior
2: Because to- you would try to want to be on this. <laughs>
1: I, yeah, I saw the, the heartfelt reach outs and I already know that I would never get anything remotely approximating that Hawkins. So I have no need to go into a hospitalization stunt. Oh, uh, people me... would say, well, at least there won't be any more Lucha of the hidden town.
2: <laughs> no, let me uh, go into that bit. Uh, I, I, I really do appreciate the number of uh, well-wishers throughout the wrestling uh, community workers etc uh who gave me well wishes and uh people who did things for me above and beyond that they probably should never have done to be honest with you but um yeah it it was it was truly like people at fight game got me a cameo from tully blanchard that was very very nice uh chris chris of course uh wrote a song mocking me and, and also <laughs> plugged his Patreon in response to a message of mine, <laughs> which... Which I'm like, that's completely on brand, and I appreciate it. Nevertheless, as a good laugh. Uh, so yes, don't worry. Dot TV for Christmas. It's a great. It's <laughs> a
1: really great Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> patreoncom slash I great stuff going on there all the time.
2: I will splice that song in here, probably right here.
1: Hey man, uh, I just wanted to drop you a line here. I know we chatted a little bit earlier. I just wanted to send along a little message. And just hope that you're on the mend and you're covering uh, I'm over here and I'm practicing guitar right now. I actually, I uh, just played around with uh, some pedal settings here. I got, got something kind of interesting a little hymn B3 organ. One, two, three. And like I wrote you a little something here. Here it sounds like the hymn B3. pretty
2: sad but it's not me so
1: i say <laughs> fuck you
2: and yes uh truly uh truly some some wonderful people uh, behind the scenes, giving me well wishes and telling me to do well. Uh, I, I got out the same day, felt very good. Did not have a lot of pain. Did not have to wear a catheter, which is, which shocked me because everybody was telling me I'm going to have to wear one of these for at least two weeks. And I don't. So I am under the assumption that things went well. Uh, the thing is I didn't get to talk to either the surgeon or any of the attending nurses after the surgery. I just got put in short stay and let out. And uh, Chris, I will, I will tell this story because this was, this was me having to play the straight man in my own life at, at times I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but I, I had asked about painkillers and stuff, uh, before surgery and they said, Oh yeah, we'll get, you know, we'll get your prescription, et cetera, et cetera, in case you need it. et cetera. But they tell you on every single form before you go into a hospital, uh, do not bring cash with you, you know, because you're going to be out for a while. People may come steal your stuff, you know, whatever. But <laughs> the nurse goes, yeah i just got a call from the pharmacy uh it's going to be 66 cents for your painkillers do you have any money on you <laughs> and i'm like is this spirit airlines i'm flying all of a sudden where they're trying to charge me for stuff while i'm actually i'm, I'm in bed i have a catheter in me I'm I'm, I'm 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 like i just got out of surgery and they're asking me for if i have like a buck to give. <laughs> For
0: painkillers.
1: Uh. Man, it's, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then I go, I go, okay, well, we'll handle it on the way out. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I still don't have any cash. I'll pay with my card. I go down. They have one of those old school credit card readers that still probably uses a dial in line and you have to pay like, oh, oh I thought 50.
1: they actually had, I thought they had like the ones that used to press onto the paper. You remember those?
2: Yes, yes. Oh, the slide ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, but yeah. no, but those, see, those were free.
2: Ones. The carbon copy ones are free. These you actually have to pay for each credit card transaction. So they said, "Well, the amount you're paying for the transaction isn't even as much as the pills. We're just gonna write it off, or I'm probably gonna get charged like 200 bucks for like a bunch of hydrocodone." <laughs> Cost 66 cents in there, but because I didn't have a $1 bill on me, it's just going to (laughs) be, it's going to be upcharged by our, because my insurance will pay for it or something like that. I just, I just, I laughed. I'm like, really, you got to try and charge me 66 cents right now as I just putting it on my bar tab or whatever.
1: I mean, like this story is yet another amazing (laughs) testimonial to the insane lack of cost control and price control in the medical industry.
2: No, price control would be what you see every time, you know, you go to the emergency room and they charge you like 800 bucks for a couple of aspirin. At least I was like 66 cents for this stuff. Oh, good. I'm getting off cheap here. (laughs) no
1: i it it just it always is stunning to me you hear these stories and it's like such a glaring obvious basic fix like here's a crazy idea what if the cost of aspirin cost what an aspirin cost instead of eight hundred dollars for the administration of aspirin i i don't i don't know call me a dreamer but i envision a world where it just costs what it costs
2: uh, the, the other thing was, of course, the cautionary tales of, of urinating post uh, post this operation, because it was like, well, we filled you with these chemicals. And, and it's like, okay, great. But if it comes into contact with your skin or your clothes, you need to burn them. You need to burn your clothes. You need to flush your thing with hot water. You know, Make sure you flush your toilet four times because it can eat through the enamel of your toilet. I'm like, going gonna be a super villain after all this because this scares the crap out of me right now
1: that is that is <laughs> stunning i i mean it's it's sort of like especially when you kind of think about like how you'd have to go about doing your villainy it seems yeah. relatively impractical you know walking into public locations and threatening people you know <laughs> you don't you don't want to see these chemicals you don't want you don't even want to see how this, these chemicals are going to get on you buddy like
2: they, they were really like nervous i'm like oh my god what you? But i guess uh you know it, what they did is, is it's a uh, it's a it's a treatment for tuberculosis they basically filled my uh bladder with tuberculosis to kill off the cancer which is like oh i'm doc holiday now i'm awesome but uh yeah no uh i am doing but <laughs> cliff notes too long didn't read version Doing well, not in a lot of pain, some discomfort, but doing much better than I ever thought I had a right to be. And thank everybody for reaching out via either Twitter or uh, DM and, and even Chris for uh, checking in on me and seeing how I was doing. That was uh, very nice of him uh, in his uh, in, <laughs> in his own way, caring about me. <laughs>
1: It's the only way I know how. I
2: know. Okay. So let's talk some graphs to get my mind off of things. Shall we? Uh, Wall Street Journal on Friday reporting that Vince McMahon has paid $12 million over the past 16 years to quote-unquote suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity, an amount far larger than previously known. The $12 million was paid to four women who were formerly affiliated with WWE, including the former paralegal McMahon had an affair with, which was the center of the Wall Street Journal story broke last month. Wall Street Journal first reported in June that McMahon was under investigation by the WWE board of directors over that $3 million pact, but the largest uncovered sum of paid out was a $7.5 million settlement to a former WWE wrestler who claimed that McMahon, quote, Coerced her into giving him oral sex and then demoted her and ultimately declined to renew her contract in 2005 after she resisted further sexual encounters, according to people familiar with the matter, unquote, the wrestler and her attorney approached McMahon in 2018 and negotiated the $7.5 million payment, quote unquote, in return for her silence the stock has not taken a massive hit as yet, Chris. Vince McMahon still in charge of creative. uh, Well, that's a a real
1: interesting situation, right? Because it's like, if I was an investor, and and in full disclosure, I am not holding any WWE stock or any positions on WWE right now. If I was an investor, I'd be deeply worried that you're looking at CEO change, and CEO change typically is very bad for a stock.
2: Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, Fightful Select reporting that when Vince went on to SmackDown, uh, last week, coming back through the stage, uh, yelled F (laughs) in return to the, uh, positive, uh, positive response to him. I, I would guess that would be, uh, to the allegations more than the people cheering him on type of a thing he is still in charge of creative day-to-day on tv uh we're being told that life kind of goes on but you kind of do it under the cloud of yeah there's stuff going on you don't really want to tick off the boss type of a thing um yeah i uh i i gotta think (laughs) i i i don't see how he survives this chris i just don't but then again I'm also one of those people who who thinks logically about such things and not, not that, because I'm sure he's going to be very defiant about this.
1: Yeah, right. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Part of my brain goes, I don't see how he survives this. And the other part of my brain goes, yes, but Chris, think about how many different times over even just the last five years, you have seen people in any number of different situations and high profiles get themselves into situations that you would think would bring their tenure wherever they're at to an end. And it, it doesn't. Um, yes. There's like the Donald Sterling sort of examples. Um, but those are more uh, interestingly and almost unfortunately the exceptional cases, whereas it does seem generally speaking, um, When people are powerful enough, they are able to hang on in scenarios that would bring down people who are not powerful enough. Well, um, The Sterling
2: Sterling thing is you had other owners who could exert pressure and actually take the power away from Donald Sterling. Vince still holds the majority of voting stock in the company. He has two family members on the board and a very close ally, I believe, in Nick Khan. It would...
1: (laughs) And it would seem that the wagons have circled. So it, it would seem that Vince is at least preparing for a siege. Will he be able to survive? From I don't who know. Though?
2: That's what I don't know. Is I don't know. Is it from know. the rest of the board? Is it from his family? Because I don't know. I think he could survive any of that if he truly wanted to. But if, it, but if he sees that the company is going to go down, if he stays, I think he would relent and he would abdicate. It, but he'd still probably ask for a shadow position so that nobody knew he was he was going to be there or whatever but um a related story i'll, I'll put this out there per wwe's uh, 8k form connor shell resigned from his role on the board of directors due to quote increased of responsibilities resulting from his new expanded role at a newly formed north road company a global multi-genre content studio he and bill simmons were the guys who basically came up with the 30 for 30 over at espn the very popular documentary series over there and as, as another related note to that, the, uh, the Netflix show, according to Denise Salcedo, who does shows for both FIFA and F4W, uh, she talk, spoke to somebody at Netflix who said that the, uh, the, peop- the people versus Vince McMahon or the US versus Vince McMahon, the, uh, the, the documentary they were working on over there at Netflix, is now uh, dead in the water because of this entire uh, thing. So you do see a little bit of movement. You see and that. And you
1: could see this maybe rippling if it affected network deals. Uh,
2: Yeah, that that was that that would. And it's getting to be that point almost, I believe, as well. that It's almost time to renegotiate the. uh...
1: Yes. And so that's where I don't know. Maybe the rubber hits the road on this, but just like social pressure, boo, you're a bad guy or, you know, like (laughs) that sort of thing. I don't think it's going to do it. Uh, I mean, it it should. Um, I think the you know, the world would be a better place if people who spend literally millions of dollars to make sexual harassment problems go away, uh, lose power. Um, And, and we're not in, you know, we're not powerful people. Like after you have an episode like that, you sort of have to disappear. That'd be fantastic, but we don't like live in that world. So I, I, sort of envision mcmahon hanging on uh, unless like the bad news stories from like major news outlets continues or like if this somehow became like evening news talk fodder all or something like that um it the story's not quite big enough yet to um be fatal on a media level for mcmahon and I, i think that's what's keep that's what's helping him right now
2: this is more in the rumor innuendo part, but it's still fairly newsworthy. So I decided to add it onto our rundown. Uh, both Sasha banks and Naomi are reportedly off the internal WWE roster, uh, at this time. And both have changed their social media biographies to read professional wrestler and have wiped all WWE branding off of it. Now there's been no official announcement that either have been released. Um, and there's been no indication on their parts speaking out about anything going on behind the scenes. I, I, I just bring that up out of general interest. There's still rumors that they were actually released behind the scenes, but I don't know for a fact about any of this. Um, Sasha Banks, we've said here on this show, and I'm going to reiterate it again, if she jumps to AEW, that is a game changer. Especially
1: wrestling. with Naomi at the same time. I think the Sasha Banks-Naomi 1-2 appearance on AEW. Um, I, I, it, Sasha's going to be the major driver there, but having Naomi there, too, who people have long felt has not gotten great presentation on WWE television, I, I think it, it's going to be it, – it, it would be an important – Weight distribution event between WWE and AEW. I'm not going to say like a game changer. I don't want to even necessarily go that far per se, but important and something you could easily see being like uh, another brick in the wall eventually. When when WWE, if WWE is looking back five years from now and going, why are we losing in the ratings to AEW? Sasha Banks jumping ship. I could definitely see being an important historical factor there.
2: Can I actually report some New Japan news here? Because I want your take on this. Uh, Rocky Romero did an interview and teased the idea of a U.S. pay-per-view show in October. He noted it wasn't finalized, but what they are working on is a late October show, likely on October 22nd or October 29th, at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. He also said New Japan has backed off trying to run Madison Square Garden. They were planning on running it in 2020 before COVID. Uh, That's the end of, of that that. Snippet, but I would say this: their popularity has faded quite a bit since since the COVID times. But I, I bring this up for this this question, Chris, because I, I I'm genuinely curious. As somebody who's not as deep in the bubble necessarily as I am, you are still firmly in the bubble, but not deep in the bubble necessarily. Does New Japan running shows in the states or trying to get a, a handle on some corner of the American market in some way? no matter how small does that at all diminish the importance of semi-regular forbidden door shows with AEW, or does that help them in a way, even if say the new Japan, because the new Japan of of America shows have always kind of been heavy on the Gaijin side of the talent versus the Japanese side of the talent. Yeah,
1: I I think Devil's in the details here. my gut says it tends to help them because okay. New Japan's relevancy, in my opinion, only has up to go from where it's currently at. They're more popular than either of us thought based on the pay-per-view sales. so that I mean that's still worth noting. So maybe the sales for the Hammerstein Ballroom show are better than we think. I, I'm certainly tempering or I, I've now changed my expectations based off of past performance, but Uh, I think what would really help New Japan here to really make the Forbidden Door shows interesting is using the other America shows to launch the America AEW angles. So that they've got essentially angles and stories that they are telling at these Forbidden Door shows that that, that are not year-round angles. They're just essentially seasonal angles that get picked up, new chapters get written in them every time they have these Forbidden Door shows. But... These Forbidden Door shows will be helped by feeling more narratively special. Um, And if they can do that, then uh, the, they will only improve in terms of performance, I would say.
0: Okay.
2: Talent news. Uh, Allen Angels, late of AEW, appeared on Impact this past Thursday, facing uh, Speedball Bailey in a very good match. Kashida also now uh, with Impact as well. And your girl, Killer Kelly, rumored to be coming in to help supplement that women's division, which is an outstanding women's division as well, Chris.
1: Except, always excited to see Killer Kelly back on uh, the wrestling screen here. Um, you know, and Kushida, I think, is going to get to at least have the type of matches that will make Kushida shine on Impact. You're, and- you're, you're,
2: I'm thinking there's at least one ultimate X in Kushida here still left for him. Oh, I agree.
1: I
0: agree.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think, I, you know, and, and, and speedball Bailey's ha- I mean, other than Dax Harwood, I think, I think nobody's having a better year this year than speedball in terms of going to various promotions and having great matches. Now that he can work in the States again, he had to, uh, he, he, he got the slap on the wrist for, uh, coming into America without a work visa and, uh, and working here, but, uh, he is, uh, he's having himself a hell of a year this year. on Cause she
1: just put himself in a position where he could like be a most improved player sort of candidate, uh, mm-hmm. because, be, you know, like obviously it's not because he's like learning how to wrestle better. It's just that he's in such a favorable situation for him. Like, like being on a bad team where you're not really being utilized. Well, I mean, his run in WWE was baffling. Uh, it, it's just yes. baffling to look back on.
2: That that was more of a. I think that was always more of a. Well, I think, <laughs> I think it was more of a signing to to have somebody than need somebody type of a yep. thing. Have Kushida. a plan
1: for somebody. Yeah, have yeah. somebody versus have a plan for that person. Right. Um, they. I mean, that was in the era where they wanted the every pay per view we have a big signing, mm-hmm. and having Kushida sitting out there in the audience was the first time we were kind of like, huh, okay, interesting. We'll see what they do with him.
2: Couple of injury notes uh, to give. Kofi Kingston gave an interview about Big E, and he says uh, the yep. latest update from his neck was that his C1 wasn't ossifying, and that's producing bone. So they're going to take some CAT scans, uh, maybe I think six months and also a year just to see. But other than that, he's been able to come out of the brace. I think he came out of the brace earlier this month, and he's able to travel, which is both good and bad news for anybody wanting to see Big E in the ring again. But at least, at least he doesn't have to wear a brace for now. Also, Ibushi printed a, uh, gave an update via Twitter. This is a rough translation of it, but uh, sadly, my shoulder injury is getting worse. I have done my rehab according to the instructions and guidance of my doctors and trainers too. I'm not risking anything this at this time. Uh, my shoulder won't move at all, so I probably overdid it for many years. However, physically, it's been eight months and I still can't do a single pushup. So I'm making a calm decision. I'll say it again and again, but I'm not giving up. Any thoughts on either of those, Chris?
1: Man, uh, Abushi might be on his way to shoulder replacement surgery, which I would suspect would put him out for 18 to 24 months if he needs to, if his shoulders is bad as he's saying, if it and he has not been able to get improvement in eight months he is looking at a rather major second procedure going in there to uh, address that ball and socket joint. Um, And that may well be the end of it, uh, because then you'd have a lot of rehabilitation. You got to kind of build up the arm again. You got to be balanced out. Don't want to be looking like late era Paul Orndorff out there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I am leaning towards uh, if this is real, because I still have to give a modicum of, I think Abushi really wants to be cut from New Japan and wants to leave New Japan.
1: Uh, oh, so you, this could be a lost his smile I, sort of I, shoulder injury. I am.
2: I am. Just, look, I am just going into this with some uh, healthy. I can go either way. Let's put it that way. If it is real, Abushi uh, is older than you think he is. I believe he's forty now. Uh, he might just be thirty nine. Don't quote me on that. But he is. He is older than. People think even though he is very young looking and his family has money. He does not need wrestling at all. Uh, He does this for fun. I could see, I could see this being the end of the end of the road, especially if it's just like, Hey, you know what? I'm kind of done with this whole beating myself up for money type thing and and just going away. So yeah, I'm very sad about that. I'm even more upset about the big E thing. I I think uh, look, his, his singles run was, was dreadful. I think we can all, agree on that um i like the new day um i like woods and kofi together i like them better as a trio to be honest with you i i'm very sad about that um but at the same time this was i mean having watched that injury i think we should all give a moment of thanks that hey he's out of a brace right now and he's healing on his own if we never see Big E wrestle again while we'll be upset about that he will be walking away from it, hopefully without permanent damage to himself and be able to live a life walking and not in a wheelchair, thank God.
1: Yeah, and the guy is a dude with diverse interests, uh, has a big personality, could easily transition into an acting career. Uh, obviously, is interested in video games and that sort of thing, could you know, have great success online in the streaming community, for sure. Uh, you know, if he got competitive in any video game, he would be an instant streaming celebrity. Uh, everyone would love to watch Big E play Mortal Kombat or whatever game he was like. <laughs> you know, act- no, for real, right? No, have like, you that- seen
2: him on up, up, down, down, especially in like the Madden tournaments and stuff? He's fantastic on those.
1: Yeah, right. He, he he's got uh, a personality that will immediately transition to either the streaming screen or bigger screens um yeah no I, he's got a lot of options for him the you know he can do so many things other than wrestle I know we're like disappointed about how his wrestling career didn't go anywhere near as well as we thought it would but like the guy if he never comes back and wrestles again uh in this wrestling career established that he's got a big enough personality has it, it seems been you know fairly wise with his money um, and has established other career and revenue streams for himself. So he's, he's fabulously positioned for the rest of his life as well.
2: Uh, a couple of quick rating things. AEW, close to a million uh, this this week. Not as much as blunt Guts, but you wouldn't expect as much, but a very good rating for Wednesday. And Raw, on their third hour, uh, tanked. Absolutely tanked to its lowest, I believe, ever in the third hour of anyways. But you can't really, I, I mean, it's 4th of July. But at the same time, they're dumb ideas for Fourth of July for like eating contests. And it's just I, I feel bad mostly because Becky and Asuka had a heck of a match in that third hour It's because Becky and Asuka are both awesome. <laughs> but to have to have to put put that kind of a show with, with those type, with a hot dog eating contest on your back is a little insulting in some ways. But uh, that is that is the news portion of the show, Chris. Tell them about HelloFresh.
1: All right, people, we need to talk about (laughs) HelloFresh with HelloFresh. You get farm-fresh, more on farms in just a moment, farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your house, or right, right to your house from, or your doorstep, at your house, your house doorstep. You, you've got a door at your house, and that's where the food comes. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You will get farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week that's where your doorstep is um it's all about convenience with HelloFresh. not only do the ingredients come pre-portioned so that you're not over buying or wasting food but it's way easier than ever to get filling meals on the table with a snap like family friendly or quick and easy recipes ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week so they always arrive fresh all without a trip to the grocery store or the dreaded farmer's market. And let me just say (laughs) a word real quick. Here we go. (laughs) About farmers. There are types of people in this society who bring down this society, Uh, you know, near-do-wells, derelicts, um, pushers, drug pushers, pill pushers, uh, and, and also farmers. And what a gift it would be to all of our lives if we no longer had to go to these mutants markets every week, right? If if there was an option, if there was another way, grocery stores, okay, it's it's mid, but the, the farmer's market, we all know how we feel about the farmer's market. It doesn't have to be that way anymore with HelloFresh ingredients travel fresh to your doorstep every week, under a week. Um, so we had the experience of HelloFresh earlier this, I with liberation from the farmer's market is how I described that period of my life. Um, I, I it, it, the only thing that maybe was happier is the first time I saw a kitten Yuffie. You know what I mean? Like, like when that food arrived, I knew Jeff that I was not going to the farmer's market that week because I had a bunch of options. We had the uh, spaghetti with meat. Um, that, that was quite good, the burger meat. Um, we had the Wonder Burger options. That that was quite tasty. Um, and then, you know, you get a bunch of extra ingredients to try out. So if you want to give HelloFresh a try, which you should, you'll go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. Use the code VOW16, VOW16, if you will, um, if you will. And you'll get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is VOW16. Uh, VOW 16, if you will, and you'll get 16 free meals and, or yeah, 16 free meals and three free gifts. Hello, Fresh America's number one meal ticket or meal kit. Stick it, farmers.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Chris. Uh, with that, we open up the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever we watched during the week, any thoughts on any show over the course of this week we can give? I was a little in and out, but I did watch. Uh, I w- got to watch most of AEW stuff. I got to watch uh, NXT's Great American Bash. Watched some WWE as well, so we'll have plenty, plenty to talk about at least. Uh, starting off with some Money in the Bank ice cold takes. Liv Morgan is your SmackDown Women's Champion after winning the Money in the Bank Women's Ladder Match. Coming in after Ronda's quote unquote knee injury and uh, doing a roll up not not exactly the strong uh strong way to to put over a champ but the people liked
1: her everything about that stunk right Like, like I I mean Liv Morgan I like her she's charismatic still needs to improve in the ring in my opinion to be a champion caliber stuff I am tough on other people and just you know keeping it even handed here it's not like Liv Morgan is razzle dazzling me and I I would never have described Liz Morgan Liv Morgan as being at a uh, championship level um even though there, there's certain elements about her that definitely do have star quality about her um I thought that her tipping the hand on the money in the bank winning it coming oh, out God, there that, that's that the was... thing
2: I was gonna put because I put that immediately no when she came I mean, out bro, and she, so she came things. out and couldn't control her emotions I go, she's winning, and she's probably cashing in tonight and getting the title.
1: Yep, and then she goes and she cashes in on a knee-injured Ronda Rousey. And (laughs) Ronda's reaction at the end of it was this, like, wow, congratulations, you did a wonderful thing here, which makes... No sense either with the Ronda Rousey that we all know, like IRL, who yes. this Ronda Rousey is is built around. Nor does it make sense in the kayfabe world because what Liv is doing here is a heelish thing. She yes. is taking advantage of an injured champion after a match. It's not merely cashing in after a match, and I'm not saying that a babyface necessarily needs to announce that they're going to cash in up front. But it's one thing to cash in at the end of a match or insert yourself into a world title match and make it like a three-way or something like that. Those are all kind of consistent babyface things. Cashing in after a match when the person is injured is inherently heelish because you are trying to get them at their absolute weakest to make sure that the fight is as tilted in your advantage as possible yes it's within the confines of the rules but it's essentially using like a cheat card or in order to stretch the rules as much as possible like like it wouldn't be okay to beat up your opponent before the match and then have a title match and this is essentially like a weird loophole where that is acceptable so then like live wins on those pretenses, which make her look weak or heelish, but she's not trying to be presented as weak, and she's not trying to be presented as heelish. And Ronda gets up and hugs Liv, and <laughs> I just like uh, that makes that there's no point in like <laughs> Liv and Ronda having like having this be the start of a feud. This could have been an interesting time to turn Ronda. I I think it doesn't help Ronda either because it's like, okay. Rhonda is going to do what now? At least if she was a heel, she's trying to get her belt back. Now she's like a mid card baby face. Is that really where Ronda? She's Rhonda the was-
2: baddest woman on the planet, and she's hugging. And when she lost in the UFC, she wasn't even you know magnanimous about it. It was always like, oh, she got lucky. <laughs> that kind of thing. Because we all know she she has this short temper about such things. And the other thing that killed me was. The number—I mean, this is Liv Morgan's quote-unquote big moment after this weak-ass roll-up that they gave her to win win the title—and they keep cutting back to Rhonda slapping hands with the crowd as she's leaving, (laughs) and interspersing that with Liv celebrating with the title. It was the most ridiculous Kevin Dunn type of directing that I've seen. No,
1: this is very important because as important as it is for the challenge or for the person winning the title. To feel as though they've climbed a mountain, that this is a momentous occasion in their life. Like, like imagine never having to go to the farmer's market again. Like, the tears that you would experience with something like that. Like, that's what winning the women's title should be like. The, this feeling, you know, it, it's so great. I, like, I finally accomplished something here. But the other side of that is that the person who lost the belt, it's like that they, they have now been forced to move to the farmer's market. Like, that this is. This is this is pain. This is this is misery.
2: Chris, you just
1: utterly upset that they've lost the title. Otherwise, the person
0: winning and their. Uh oh, Chris, we're losing you. Did you hit mute, by chance?
2: I'm going to pause real quick till we get Chris's audio back. We're back. The farmers took over Chris's uh, internet for a second. Chris, you were Yeah, once about...
1: again, Big Farm <laughs> came in and tried to sabotage Zoom on my end. Uh, uh, I, I...
2: You were talking about the real life, Rhonda, and vis a vis the Liv Morgan stuff.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always
2: go on.
1: bitter about losing and i I just think that it's very important in these presentations during a title change it, that it's got to be like climbing a mountain for the person who wins it um so live morgan is there she's crying she's really happy she's overjoyed and the person who loses the title either need, even if they hug them needs to be deflated upset with themselves like the the graceful and defeat is still hurting that they've lost that like it's a wound that they're, they're suffering or it needs to be not processed well, that they've lost the title. They don't go for the handshake that they roll out of the ring and they're bitter about it, but we need to see the loser exhibit losing in order to make the winners winning feel meaningful. Or, if we, the need, los-
2: or we need the winner to have that moment to have that moment in the spotlight before the loser comes in and congratulates them. I don't mind the loser congratulating him, even if it is Rhonda, but this was, this was during the moment they were interspersing the Rhonda leaving and smacking hands and crap like that. Well,
1: I, I care about the congratulations too, just in the sense that, like, after the congratulations, there needs to be deflation—that you're okay. doing this to be yeah. graceful, but you're not doing this because you're thrilled to see a great yes. person become champion on this day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they—I th- and they did the cash in, I think, to 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 especially to quell the amount of booze they got over the men's Money in the Bank. Where, oh, Adam Pierce comes out and goes, Hey, we're in Vegas. Let's up the stakes. And to up the stakes, they let in Theory, who just lost the US title to Bobby Lashley. And Theory goes on to win the briefcase.
1: <laughs> maybe, this is, maybe this is just how my mind works. But when Adam Pierce said, Let's up the stakes, I immediately started thinking about, oh, you know, people do bet on this show. <laughs> and they bet on who the winner's going to be. And boy, wouldn't it be really useful information to know that there's going to be a mystery competitor being inserted into this match. And that uh, none of the people who are actually slated with, with good and you know strong odds are actually favored to win. That it's going to be a long shot. Uh, that would be really useful information to have in Vegas yes. when you up the stakes.
2: Hmm. Especially because you have a partner. It, do they have a partnership with DraftKings or is that just AEW?
1: Yeah, uh, they do. No, they do. Like they, you can definitely DraftKings bet on WWE. Well, I know you it.
2: can bet, but I don't know if they have an official partnership with WWE. I think I
1: thought they did.
2: I know AEW does. I don't think WWE does necessarily, but the, but I mean, but you, you take and then you also take the ending of that street. The Street Profits Usos match was really, really good, and then they ended it with <laughs> Uso doing a pin with the shoulder up and you have the street profits complaining and doing this. Look at the video. Oh, we were robbed. We were robbed Being, uh, And I'm just like, is that how I, I just, I couldn't believe, I mean, the women's match was already a, a bit of a mess because uh, I mean, Ladders and people sometimes don't uh, don't mix, and that was especially true with with a lot of Shotzi's spots. God bless her. That's why she's in that match is to is to basically cause damage to herself and others. But at the same time, and, and and Lacey Evans took a hell of a power bomb off of the ladder from from Liv. Let's give, give some ups to Lacey, who I may bring up her 100th turn since since coming up to the main roster in a bit. But uh, yeah. But the, that Street Profits Uso's ending just. Uh, if you gotta split them, just split them. That, that, that was just that just made them look stupid. To be honest with you,
1: yeah, I, I agree. If you're gonna split them, split them at this point. I, I and it seems like they've just done too much damage to the on-screen cohesion of these guys. That like get having them get back on track or something would make sense. Like you, you just need to break them up now.
2: And and one last note. Uh, this did not make air, but it did make the aftermath. Uh, on the aftermath of the Men's Money in the Bank, Baron Corbin comes out attacks pat mcafee who (laughs) the mcmahons and mcafee later just go across the street to watch the uh, main card of the ufc mcafee wearing a neck brace to sell it good on him but uh, here's something in the observer that i did not know because i knew that uh i knew that corbin had tried out for the nfl and i I thought he was only practice squad for the arizona cardinals but it hasn't been brought up in the program yet kind of was on friday to be honest with you Although it did surface this past week with rookie photos of both, but both Corbin, real name Tom Peastock, Peace I think is how you say that, and McAfee were actually friends and roommates when both were rookies in 2009 for the Indianapolis Colts. McAfee noted that Corbin lived in his house for a few months. He was in Colts camp and did a lot of stuff off the field together. Did not know that. Did not know I think that they were is- friendly
1: i think this is interesting and it would be a fun narrative revisitation of like the original baron corbin you know i'm this just like incredible winner i was really good at football i don't need to be wrestling any of these wrestling guys because i was <laughs> at competitor rules and gloves
2: all that other stuff
1: mcafee can come in yes yeah, so, right and mcafee can kind of come in and go and pour the water on that and go yeah i know i saw you play <laughs>
2: That's McAfee talk. Uh, Your turn, sir, on the lazy river.
1: All right. Let's talk about, I guess, the thing that stood out to me the most this week or that I feel like I have the most contrarian opinion on, which is Christian cage and his his promos. Uh, I, there just seems to be like a real gulf between the widely. These are amazing promos like reception that Christian Cage is getting, and my reaction to them, which is, oh, this is like kind of a wWEE sort of thing that he is doing, I thought I will, that the- I will
2: pause you for a second. You're not as contrarian as you think. Let's put it that way. I know there's a lot of people who like these, but there's a lot of people in the uh, in the uh, critics world who I think are in agreement with you more than you think, to be honest
1: Oh okay uh, then I I guess I'm, I'm just like less privy to i i what no, i know that's cool been, that's cool i want to hear your you know, largely what it. i've been seeing has is, is been like positive reception like on my okay. twitter feed or whatever so like like i was just like huh i come in on this i guess differently than uh what i have been generally been reading or seeing um but my my thought is that like a lot of this stuff is low-hanging fruit or easy to press buttons uh and I'll go further on the Jeff Hardy stuff this week. The Jeff Hardy stuff, if it was merely like the low-hanging fruit, easy-to-press button sort of thing, that would be one level of reaction to it. I had a different, more visceral reaction to it, which is that at this point, the cat is out of the bag that Jeffrey Nero Hardy has... Really serious problems when it comes to his abuse of alcohol and the way that his abuse of alcohol manifests in the real world, putting other people at risk. I worry about this guy's health long term. I worry about the health of others um, when Jeff gets this way. Uh, And I worry as well when I see. Christian and Matt kind of out there making light of it to some degree, and also the audience's reaction because I, you know, I'll, I'll lump them in here. I, I think the reaction to Christian saying what he said about Jeff Hardy should have been something like "too far, clap, clap, too far, clap, clap," rather than like "a hole" to play along with the the actual segment. I, I, I think that's one where. The crowd has, you know, a right, um, if not a responsibility, at least a right or the privilege to go like, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're willing to do a lot of real world stuff, but like a thing that actually involves people dying is not actually an angle that we need to encourage or, or like sanction or condone. So maybe I'm a square, but I, I again, I still don't think drinking and driving is cool this week. So like, I I, I don't like how the bit sort of made light of that. And then, like, I don't know, Matt Hardy's never all that interesting to me. Uh, He hasn't been interesting to me in a real long time, completely independent of, like, the Jeff Hardy stuff here. He's, like, not an interesting match. Um, I'm not, like, eager to see Matt Hardy and Christian, though I don't think we are. I think we're going to see Matt Hardy and Luchasaurus, and I don't think that's going to be anything special. I think we basically saw what Matt Hardy and Luchasaurus is going to look like. It's going to be, like, a slightly longer-form version of that. And... Matt Hardy, for his part, the Michael Jordan of assholes, what was it, or the Michael Jordan of being a dick? Uh, I, it was a killer burn. I want to make sure I get it right.
2: <laughs> I think that's what it was. But um, let me ask you if I'm taking it too far in my visceral reaction to this, because I, I like you. I'm, I'm, I understand what they're doing. I think for what they're doing, it, it's it's a good quote unquote job of it, but I agree with you in the WWE ness of it all. I am of the position that I don't want Jeff Hardy mentioned at all on this program because I don't want him used for sympathy at all in this program. I am that mad at the whole drunk driving thing. Um, yeah. He's as as
1: a figure as Jericho is and, for me. Yeah, And point, I'm not sure. Well,
2: I'm not sure if, if my thing of, well, you know, when the WWE just eliminates you from existence type of thing, I get using him for heat, but at the same time, you still are making Jeff Hardy the the onus of this angle in some ways by bringing this up week after week after week, as opposed to making Matt Hardy the onus of this angle, uh, so to speak. It's Matt's oh, relationship.
1: I'll get I'll get more square, Jeff. Okay. You are giving Jeff Hardy publicity. Yes, right now, and and I think that that in and of itself is not defensible because the man does not deserve. Positive publicity in any way, shape, or That's form. That's what I'm and, getting at. And yes, getting, getting mentioned at. on TV is definitely giving you positive publicity. Uh it is it is improving your name value. It's not hurting it, especially not this presentation of it, to get sympathy. Uh no, I don't think Jeff Hardy should be the recipient of any sort of sympathy right now. So like I guess maybe that outshadowed the performance of Christian this week. uh but like that was also the substance of it. I Christian, for his part, I've always thought it's a great promo. I love Christian like Christian like he's 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 a great talker man um like my issue here with, with his performance is not that he is not gonna be a good heel it's that like the content of this stuff has been pretty weak at least in my estimation and I and I I've just been the I, 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 what you're saying, if it, there's like kind of a bifurcation of this, I'm fascinated by the bifurcation of it um, and, and I, as I was in what was my perceived sort of like gulf from the more widely what I thought was the more widely held position of like this is, uh, you know, like he's doing the best work of his life right now.
2: Let me let me do some quick hits of things I really, really liked before we go into more uh, in-depth critical type of things, not necessarily negative, but critical type of things, things I really like. Uh, Speaking of Baron Corbin, I absolutely adored his over-the-top, obnoxious imitation of Pat McAfee dancing to Nakamura's music on SmackDown this week. It brought me such joy. Uh, Corbin has this weird anti-charisma. And I don't understand it because he's likable, but he is such a bad actor that whenever he tries to do something, it's ridiculous. But I loved everything about this. Uh, a, a few more things I really liked. Uh, I, I love the Hikaru Shida, Yuka Sakazaki tag team. I, I'm Yuka Sakazaki can come on my screen at any time and uh, bring me joy with how ridiculous she is and how, uh, how much joy she gets in professional wrestling. Um, loved the Becky Asuka match on Raw because those two are just phenomenal performers. And I'm hoping this is course correction and I am loving every minute of it. Jonathan Gresham on Rampage, turning heel and joining Tully Blanchard Enterprises is a plus over, say, Brian Cage, which I thought was the original plan of having Cage versus Gresham on the pay-per-view. I am here for Jonathan Gresham as ROH World Champion being managed by one Tully Blanchard
1: fantastic hits all i don't have any i don't have any debates on those or anything so okay. uh yeah let's uh let's move to like the great american bash here over okay because i feel like we are always unrelentingly negative on nxt multicolored vomit and i do think that there are good things in the multicolored vomit era and i just want to like mention some of those even though i, will I think be- that- i
2: will mention some as well uh pertaining to great american bash but please Go
1: on. Yeah, so like the Creed Brothers, these guys are great. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they're they're an extremely entertaining act. Um, uh, they they are progressing really nicely. They have good charisma. Like you, both of them are impressive in their own ways, and both have like good charisma that is unique and distinct in and of themselves. Brutus doing that backflip, pretty impressive. Uh, for a guy, yeah, a guy built like he is. Also impressive, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, I, I feel like we – we it's not like we've been negative on this guy, but, like, Carmelo Hayes is very good. Uh, and, I, and I feel like it's, it's really underappreciated just, like, how complete of a character and a presentation and an in-ring performer Hayes it's is.
2: It's going to be underappreciated because of his size, and I don't think he gets anywhere on this main roster, which is sad because he's doing a great – and they even bring it up, he's doing an Alan Iverson gimmick.
1: Yes, he is. And, it, yeah. and it's
2: pretty, I mean, it's it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit of MVP originally, a little bit, but it's, he's, he and Trick are both very, very good in their own ways, I think.
1: Yes, he does. He's clearly, in, he, no, he, Carmel is clearly infusing AI into his personality, which yeah. is not unlike what happened little when- he
2: has a no, chip the, on the, his shoulder.
1: It, it reminds me a lot of the Denver Nuggets when yes. uh, Allen Iverson joined Carmelo Anthony. Uh, yeah. no, and there was an infusion of Allen Iverson's personality to Carmelo Anthony. Uh, that was my joke. Anyways, um, no, right. I, I like that Like Hayes can infuse various basketball personas into his character. He doesn't have to stay committed to any of them. But like bringing in a little bit of the AI thing, I think it's great. I think AI is like a really natural fit for a pro wrestling character to sort of like be inspired by um you know practice you know all that stuff um like yeah that's great um braun breaker is is a solid hand um the the braun breaker cameron grimes match i think is the first time though that i've ever heard dueling chance of this is awesome it's okay um (laughs) and, 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 and like what what i mean again when we talk about the difference between multicolored vomit era and NXT gold and black era, th- that, is, that sort of statement is just like impossible. Everyone would have had so much respect for what was going on in the ring and, and felt like they had been re- their intelligence had been respected so thoroughly throughout the show that it never would occur to them to be sort of like you know, taking a leak on the main event. Um, and, and I thought that was an interesting testimony, um, to, to where we're at. Um, outside of that, um, oh, uh, you know, um, JC Jane. Well, I mean, we it's have mentioned great. her, we've mentioned her before, but God, like she's once again was just fantastic. And yes. then this, uh, this belt transfer match, um, I like JC Jane was doing all the work. She's a fantastic worker. Um, I, this is another person who I, I don't know that they'll get it, but like, I mean, dude, she's really good. Um, and I, and I feel like. Her, Carmelo Hayes, the Creed brothers, there are a number of very talented people on this show that, yeah, like we're down on the show. Yeah, we're down on the brand. Um, I I think we need to recognize that these are very good players on a bad team right now.
2: Yeah, let me, me, uh, because not all my thunder, but J.C. Jane in this toxic attraction thing finally has matched the character stuff as well to it. And she just is fantastic doing that. She carried, other, other than Roxy, who is also just killing it, yeah, uh, Roxanne Perez in this in this uh, in this phase of her career. JC Jane really uh, taking the bumps, taken, you know she she's the workhorse of that team, and she's matched it to the character stuff like the one finger clapping last week. It's just fantastic stuff. Uh other people I'm gonna I'm gonna mention as well. I think both Wendy Chu and um uh daddy's girl. What's her name? Um
1: Tiffany Stratton.
2: Tiffany Stratton have their character. Tiffany Stratton has some great uh physicality and she has some athletic talent, but she I mean, she's still green in the ring, but she has that character down. Wendy Chu is of course now, she's one of my personal fans I loved I love the bit where she's sitting in the chair that she's in the throne that she used to do as the other character and just smiling. She is a character who if they brought up to the main roster would get that she'd get the orange casty stuff on the main roster and she'd get over and Vince would absolutely hate it for getting over. And I don't understand that because that's the whole point of her act is to be the comedy character that gets over and they'd hate her for it if she did but I do love her. I do. She's, she, she's great. And, and again, underappreciated maybe because he is so good at this kind of stuff, but also very good in the ring, even though he does get a little repetitive at times. Grayson Waller as a heel is, is magnificent. Um, Grayson as, Waller
1: is really good because you never like him. He, he, he he's is what
2: they want Austin theory to be right. You
1: know, right right Uh, no i i just it's he's what they want austin theory to be he is really good at just working even when he's impressive always being obnoxious yes always obnoxious you just you don't want to see this guy succeed in any way shape or form and like that's a that's a real testament to his performance uh when i think about tiffany stratton like when i was watching her work um a thing that came to mind that, like, I remember kind of thinking about with Tyler Breeze's character years ago when he was in NXT Black and Gold um, is that, like, all right, this is going to be a reference for you, like, Super Nintendo nerds. There's this character on Super Punch-Out, who's, whose character's name is Narciss Prince. He is this pretty boy boxer, and the whole gimmick of that match is that what Narciss Prince has this, like, restrained sort of, like, controlled, you know, approach to his boxing style right up until you punch Narcissus in the face um, because Narcissus loves his pretty, pretty face. And, and at that point, Narcissus becomes very mean, very aggressive, um, and the fight changes. Um, and I think that Tiffany Stratton, would would absolutely benefit, especially with like you know the daddy's the little rich girl, you know my beautiful face and all of that sort of thing. I think anytime she gets hit in the face, that's when she goes nuclear on people. That's when we see maximum meanness and maximum cruelness out of Tiffany Stratton.
2: I, that would, I would be
1: that would be my gimmick.
2: I would like her to adjust her gear to something more athletic because my problem is the daddy's little girl gimmick when she's calling for daddy. Given the news, I always think of daddy as Vince which makes it a little creepy. Maybe that's just me, but I'd like, I'd like to tone down.
1: You know, I hadn't taken it there, Jeff, but now I will have no choice. but I know. To every and time I'm I sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. I okay. did that. But uh, but right. it was
2: one of those things it's where done. it was just like, I can't get that out of my head and I kind of want that out of my head. So I, uh, I do apologize.
1: So I, I can't, I can't explain this to you enough times. Explaining a horrible thing to me will not get it out of your head, no matter how many different times in our lives you do this. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I, I agree. Uh, what did you think of? Uh, oh, I forgot one thing on our news. Uh, Ilya Dragunov had to give up the UK title, which is interesting because they've just decided to bring over the former Jordan Devlin, now J.D. McDonough. Is that the name that they gave him?
1: Yeah, and that was the big debut at the end of uh, the pay-per-view here. Like The big surprise is here comes J.D. McDonough. The necessary evil.
2: Uh, I, I, <laughs> he of course. Uh, some some of the speaking out uh, allegations revolved around him, so I'm guessing that's why the name changed there. Uh, oh, I hadn't
1: thought about that because I was like, man, J D McDonough is a really lousy downgrade of a name from Jordan Devlin, which like Jordan Irish Devlin ace, actually yeah. feels like yeah, the Irish ace actually feels like somebody who could credibly come in beat braun breaker in an upset and especially having been nxt uk champion and like everyone hates it um whereas jd mcdonough has no name recognition and no like like even in the video clips i didn't see a lot of him as uk champion it's like they they showed him doing impactful stuff but part of this name change is sort of this necessary erasure of him as the champion which I I think really hurts the insertion of him into the main event picture.
2: I think we'll end with this. And uh, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, The Matt Menard promo uh, post blood and guts getting a lot of praise. And and I agree that it's worthy of praise. I will not say it's one of the greatest promos ever, but I really liked it. And my host on the uh, dynamite show had a differing point of view, mostly from the point of view was, well, this is a mid card guy, you know, what, what use is this going to do him if he's always going to be a comedy figure, so to speak. And, and my, my argument was, well, you never get the chance to be anything more than you are, unless you take that next step and show you can take this next step. Now to me, there were some negatives about this promo. Let me, let me get the positives out of the way first. I liked the pathos of it. I liked the, You know, I'm missing my kids first steps because I'm loyal to Jericho, who was the only person who was ever loyal to me. I love the the uh, Hyman Roth from Godfather Two. this is the life we chose type of speech where, you know, you're the villain. And this is this is the pathway you've chosen. And so there are sacrifices involved in that. Uh, The things I did not like about the promo, I did not like the overproduction and the music of it. I thought it was a little too John Williams slash. Uh, Steven Spielberg type of esque where it's like, this is really dramatic and this is what we're going to do about this. The other thing I would have liked, and this is just a style choice, this is just if I, if he came to me as a producer and said, I want to do this promo, uh, this is the note I would have given him after he did this promo. We've seen the Matt Menard loud promo because he's always loud and obnoxious. If he had done this as a quiet promo that was building And maybe then snaps when he gets angry about his kid. We would have been a lot more. Oh, on the edge of our seat going, what is this? Because this is different right now. And I think that's what was missing just a little bit. I have no problem with mid card guys trying things to, because look, that's what the whole business was built on originally was, Hey, let's put, put the kids out there, give them 60 to 90 seconds and see what they can do to get themselves over. So to speak. I mean, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't become Stone Cold Steve Austin with the Austin 316 promo uh, unless he takes that risk. He, the last three pay-per-views uh, before that, he was up against Savio Vega, and he had lost two of those matches. So everybody's saying, oh, Steve Austin was going to be a star from the beginning, blah, 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 blah. No, not true, guys. He took a risk, and he got over with a catchphrase, and then they strapped the ro- rocket to him. Otherwise, he'd be wearing a crown and be King Mabel otherwise i like giving 2.0 a more serious bent versus just the wacky fun time guys type of thing i just hope they follow up on chris
1: yeah Uh, i mean i think you nailed a lot of how i feel on the substance of the promo I, i i i did not view it as as some did like an uh, inadvertent baby face promo. I, I actually thought it was kind of genius on the, it, it feels sympathetic. Like you want to feel for this guy, but then you go like, dude, you chose to like not yes. be at the you know, birth of your son so that you could go and stand up for Chris Jericho. Like, you, you know, you told your wife, hold on, honey so you can go and stand up for Chris Jericho like like this is a guy who fundamentally you don't want like this character you don't want to root for them like you want the best for his kid you but like you want better for his kid uh than to have this kind of like dad who thinks that he's making the noble sacrifice right now and that like he's doing the best he can and like that that's so great but I'm with you on the the music I thought was a bit much it, he could have just done it and I think that like you didn't need the music and the heavy editing to make this one work. Um, I, I think this would have worked just fine if he is walking around afterwards. He's almost having doubts in himself and then he delivers all of that stuff.
2: He also has a little bit of WWE going on in there. Like like if you watch Becky Lynch when she's uh contemplating and frustrated, she does the i made fun of this before, but kind of the Jeff Goldblum thing where she grabs her chin, she grabs her head, and she puts her finger under her nose like she's thinking and going, hmm, type of thing. Menard was doing a little bit of the, oh, my God, I'm so conflicted right now and angry type of thing in there, and I would have tampered that down a little bit. Uh, I do like the angle of we took away the thing that Eddie Kingston wanted most in this match. We took away the ability for him to tap tap out Jericho as if it was a noble thing for Menard to then tap out as if he's almost self-rationalizing to himself that he lost the match. I did dig that kind of angle to it. I liked
1: that too. I liked like I I, I like that maybe you know maybe he even tried to sell his tapping out to Jericho yes. as I took the bullet for you, boss. Yes. Uh yeah you know like no I, I thought it was Kind of, there's a lot of actually very good to great twisted heel logic going on in this promo. And even, th- and even
2: from the beginning, where he's like, "What was blood and or what was uh what was uh, uh what did they call the match uh uh anarchy in the arena?" That's what it was. What was it all for? If we then just did this blood and guts match type of thing, I liked that kind of thing too. But I'm loyal to Chris because he was the only guy who gave me a chance. There's a lot of nice little heel logic in here that I really dug that never gives up to the babyface type of thing.
1: Yes, right. It never, at no point, uh, at least for me, did Menard's character ever achieve anything baby facey. If anything, it, it was the gloriousness of almost seeing the light and then turning back into the shadows. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I and I love I I do love that kind of character arc. I like that character character in like mafia and criminal movies where it's like, oh, here's the guy who's going to turn babyface eventually, and then he thinks about it for a moment, and he goes, no, I'm just resigned to my fate here being a bad guy. I really do like those types of stories.
1: Yes, yeah, so, no, it, I mean, it like it it's it's character failure, right? Like like yeah. like like essentially like there there is still like in every bad person there's still like a spark of good or whatever it's just that like the good has been outweighed by the bad and yeah. like it it can't take back over
2: yeah it's like oh i could be a good guy right now but you know what <laughs> I've, this is what led me here guys I'm, i have a moral failing i have to continue in this moral failing until the end of my string and you know that i mean my favorite movie in the world is the wild bunch and that movie is a bunch of about a bunch of old outlaws who time has come for them and they're fighting it. And eventually they just resign themselves to this is the end of the line. Let's go do this for the let's let's try and be honorable in the most dishonorable way we can right now. And, and it's, it's such a great, awesome movie. But uh, yeah, anything else from you in the uh, lazy river that you really wanted to get to?
1: Um, I let me, I'm just like looking through other things that happened on dynamite. The oh, OK, OK the swerve strickland petition thing <laughs> what is this crap? oh come on it, it's oh, come it, on. It, it's
2: stupid but let me let me explain it, no but
1: it's it's stupid but it's also not good jeff and i can do stupid that is funny i i okay. we like ezekiel on the show i will i will i, will <laughs> I am here for elrod elrod might be my third favorite wrestler right now
2: let me let me argue in in defense of this stupid thing because it is stupid but Sterling is taking a totally non-legal position. He's not using any legal type of motion to get Swerve Strickland fired. He's passing around a petition of some sort. And the abject stupidity of this, and God bless Tony Nese for being part of this, is that he's now gone to everybody in the company. And there's only one guy left he has not asked to sign this petition. And it is Orange Cassidy, of all people. So the match stipulation is, you now have to sign this to give this dumb petition, which has no weight or any legal bearing whatsoever on it. You have to sign this if you, if you lose. And then here comes Dan Housen doing a Marx Brothers slash duck season, rabbit season type of gimmick where I'm an attorney too. Look at me, even though this thing has no legal bearing on it. It is completely and unrepentantly stupid and it works itself out in the end, even though Swerve Strickland is kind of an afterthought in this whole thing. I yeah, so I
1: still, so I still, I understand the joke. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I get it. Um, I didn't find Dan Housen to be funny for his part. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, this, this sucks, Jeff. Like, this was not. I good. I thought it
2: sucked, and then I came around on it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would, li- I would once like to made come around on it. Now, here, here's, a where,
2: here, here's the moment I came around. on it. I came around on it because when they first introduced it, I thought it was stupid, and then when they go. Well, I've gone to everybody in AEW except you, Orange Cassidy. I went. Oh my god, this this is so stupid. It's great now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fine. Yeah. We'll, not, we'll, we'll can't get there, dog. <laughs> So, so i can't convince you i can't convince you to take the ride with me on this one even though it's just uh, going to this way. is gonna be
1: a solo mission my my right, dear good friend jeffrey
2: that's fine i mean they they did the <laughs> they're finally doing ball shots that are good to get in the ring at least with the straightforward punch as opposed to the Ric flair hook shot up the middle I, i'm kind of enjoying that but okay look it was a one-week story it'll probably be done now i'm I'm fine with it oh i'll tell you what i liked i liked uh I liked the uh, that first match on on Dynamite. Let, let's let's agree on something. Hopefully, uh, Scorpio Sky still being injured and doing virtually nothing in this match, while uh, while also at the same time not taking the worst loss in the world, but getting absolutely destroyed by Wardlow to take the TNT title. I, I liked that a lot.
1: Yeah, I thought this is a very clever usage yes. of an injured performer, and and, and so like. It, there were things I didn't like about it, but I I was definitely grading on a serious curve because I'm like, yeah, but you got to remember Sky's injured. So they have to like smoke and mirrors this thing pretty hard. So mm-hmm. if you don't love the smoke and the mirrors, you got to remember like hats off to Scorpio Sky for being game to go out there and do this. I thought that it was a completely you know completely serviceable belt transfer to Wardlow um he'll be able to go on from here and like like there's in no way to this like was this a bad launch you know what i mean like or you know yeah uh, you know, it, it, it maybe it could have been better it would have been dope to have like sky you know be fully healthy and be able to you know have like a have Wardlow have his first real challenge like 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 because sky having a really competitive showing against Wardlow and Wardlow really being challenged by sky would, would actually mean something for sky in the loss too um, and people want to see Sky do something more, so that would have been cool. But that wasn't even an option right now. So I, I thought that, given what they had to work with, they they actually were quite clever here, um, which I guess counterbalances out the Mark Sterling stuff.
2: I'm gonna call it here because I actually had to go take a nap, Chris. I'm very tired right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll call this, this is "Shake Them Ropes." I have been at Crap Game 13. He is at DWATG. Twitter still going at this time. We'd like to thank our sponsor, HelloFresh. Use the code VOW16. Get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts when you order. Chris likes to call it VOW16 just to tick off the farmers. Uh, You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Network. I do a show called The Dynamite Show over on Fight Game Media every Wednesday with one Paul Ace Fontaine. That is at patreon.com slash fight game media for five bucks a month. Uh, if you don't get your fill of free radio shows, please feel free to subscribe to us. Chris also has a Patreon, which he has been using my health to talk about all this time, but I will now gracefully give him another chance to plug it here.
1: Once you helped make it a gimmick, Jeff, I wasn't going to pass <laughs> up the opportunity. I feel like you would have been disappointed if I did. So believe it or not, at DWATG does not stand for at Dwatka. It stands for don't worry about the government, which you can find at iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. And of course, over at patreon.com slash DWATG, a buck a show is all we ask Get the video versions and extra so- Um, I actually take an extra episode this week for Patreon subscribers. So if you go over there and sub up, you can get it for as low as a dollar a show. That's all I got. Stick it to the farmers.
2: Yeah, DWATG really stands for don't we all think Wardlow's great.